HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. I'm Tim Gunn, author, educator, and Project Runway mentor, and you're listening to Heritage Radio. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Magnifico Radio, the weekly podcast featuring conversations in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. This is our third season on Heritage Radio Network, and I'm your host, Kate Black. Each week, I sit down with designers, makers, and leaders at the forefront of sustainability to discuss their journeys and motivation. This podcast is an extension of my blog, Magnifico.com, and that's Magnifico.com, and my book, also called Magnifico, Your Head-to-Toe Guide to Ethical Fashion and Non-Toxic Beauty. In our previous sessions, my guests have included some amazing brands at the forefront of matching their ethics to new business ideas. And today's guest is the glue those businesses need. Liz D is the CEO of Belen and Bjorn Capital, an impact investment firm she co-founded last year with her husband. Self-described as a for-profit activism, Bien Belen and Bjorn Capital invests in disruptive vegan companies. Their portfolio spans from food to fashion and includes lighter, Memphis meats, nut pods, purple purple carrot, and Vote, the vegan fashion brand. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. How are you, Kate Black? I'm very well. And yourself? I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm really enjoying the spring. I finally sprung here in New York. So let's start with all of the vegan aspect of the business. I read that you became vegan while doing some research for your family's candy business, where you're also the executive vice president. What were you researching, and, and what did you find that affected you? Yeah, sure. So it was back in 2011, and I was doing research for work to see how I could market effectively to vegan consumers because our Smarties candy products in the United States are vegan. They don't contain any animal products. And I was very far from vegan vegetarian. Um, I thought that vegans seemed a little bit extreme and perhaps even crazy. But when I saw how we raised and slaughtered animals for food, I actually decided that I was the crazy one. I had been the crazy one, or at least, and I decided to go vegan that day. And I gave away my lunch. So uh, basically, I just saw what we did to animals, and I thought to myself, I don't want to have any part of this. So I opted out. And was it was it accidental that the com- the that the candy company had always been vegan? 
Like we're, that's right. It, mm-hmm. And so you were just like pleasantly t- surprised to realize that this was something that your family was able to do and create without any animal byproducts. And then once you realized what the industry was doing outside of your brand, then you became personally involved. Yes, exactly. So when my grandfather founded Smarties Candy Company in 1949, he didn't know what the term vegan meant. It just so happened that none of the ingredients that went into Smarties contained animal products. That's amazing. And so you started this um, impact investing firm with your husband. What's it like to to live and work together? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Well, I work full-time at Smarties, so that's kind of my day, my day work. And then the fun... My fun work, the gravy, is really my work with Belen and Bjorn Capital. Um, I love working with my husband. We get along really well together, and we have complementary skill sets and dispositions. So that applied in our life, and it also applies in our working life. And so um, I was doing some other research, and CNBC had reported in January that one of every $5 invested in the U.S. today targets sustainable investments. Is the sector getting competitive, or are vegan investment firms like Belen and Bjorn outliers? So things are definitely competitive, um, just because that's what the marketplace calls for. That's appropriate for the marketplace. However, um, Belen and Bjorn Capital is part of a syndicate of mission-driven investment companies that are looking to take traditional animal products out of the equation and really allow for superior products to come into existence. So... Well, um, and I just wanted to make a quick note. We don't actually self-describe as a vegan investment company because some of our the products in which we invest are actually cellular agriculture, so um, slaughter-free meat, for instance, where they take cells from a harmless biopsy of a cow and proliferate and grow them in order to make meat. So that is literally a meat product that's bioidentical to meat that you would see on a store shelf. However, it caused no harm to animals. Um, So that's why we focus on being a mission-driven investment company, seeking to take traditional animal products out of the equation. But, of course, that's a lot longer of a sentence. So I understand why you would describe us as a vegan investment company. Well, and it's also, it's really interesting to me to, like, the difference between people who self-describe or or are described as vegan versus cruelty-free. Because I I do know um, about that that company in your portfolio. And so would you you, um, shorthand and describe the company as cruelty-free? Or are you really trying to change the whole vernacular? Yeah, I I also don't describe the company as cruelty-free just because I think that describing our mission is the best way to really encompass everything that we do and our our goals because our goals are several-fold and um, complex. Uh, So, yeah, I I generally just describe us as a mission-driven investment company seeking to take traditional animal products out of the equation. That's amazing. And so I was also, um, The Guardian had done a really interesting piece kind of in-depth about investment in plant-based products that compete with meat, dairy, and egg products um, because they considered it one of the fastest um, segments in the food industry. But it was only really kind of expected to grow at 7.5% per year. Are the food um, companies in your portfolio are they the, the leaders or the laggards in, in kind of where your, where your investments are placed? I think it's too soon to tell right now. We founded Belen and Bjorn Capital in January 2016, and really where we invest is in the Angel and Series A phase of a company, which is just about building runway so that these companies can begin to break out into the market. 
So, of course, while I would like to say, yes, the companies in which we've invested are market leaders, I'd like to be able to say that. Right now, it's too soon to tell. What we do is very risky, and that's part of the reason why we are able to do it um, to the extent that we do, because the amounts that we invest in are smaller than, say, a traditional VC firm who would come in uh, in a Series B or C round, uh, where, say, the investment minimum is, I don't know, 500000 to a $1 million. That's not us. That's not what we're doing. So um, I do hope that the companies in which we invest are the market leaders, and I'm patient and encouraged, and uh, I look forward to seeing what happens. And that's so great because, um, as I said earlier, like you, you've also self-described as for-profit activism, and, and really kind of going out there and supporting these disruptive, um, these disruptive companies is really, I think, where the future lies. What do you look for in the brands in the portfolio? Yes. So. As I mentioned before, we're looking for businesses who are creating solutions to outdated animal products. So we're looking for, first and foremost, smart, motivated, driven people, disruptors with a vision who are really focused on the big picture. We invest for sustainability. So as you know well, traditional animal products are resource-intensive, devastating to the environment, and downright wasteful. Um, and then we invest in humane solutions. So I was raised with the golden rule, we'll treat others how you would like to be treated. And I would never want to be treated the way animal agriculture industries treat farmed animals. Um, I think it's inhumane to raise and slaughter animals needlessly for food and other antiquated animal products. So we're seeking companies whose success will mean that fewer animals are harmed. That's great. And so let's kind of look at some, let's talk um, bit by bit about some of the ones that are known um, that you disclose about that are in the portfolio. So let's talk about Vote. Yes, gladly. So Vote is a vegan fashion label that's um, really changing the game um, and holding themselves to one of the highest standards I've seen. Not only, of course, do they not use animal products, but they're seeking and using um, eco-conscious, sustainable materials. So, for instance, I recently wore a gown to an event uh, that was made out of recycled plastic bottles taken out of rivers and in Italy. And so, you know, you wouldn't think that this, this satin-looking material was made out of recycled plastic bottles, but in fact it is. And then when um, they're really reinventing the winter dress coat as well. Many dress coats use wool um, and are lined with silk. Both products, of course, harm animals, wool in particular, I highly recommend people just do a quick Google search and where we, what we do to sheep to raise and slaughter them and get their wool. Um, so what, what Vote is doing is taking those ingredients or those materials out of the equation and replacing them with superior, superior materials. So the technology is there. We're not sending people to space or to the Arctic in wool and silk anymore. We have these advanced materials it's just a matter of applying them to fashion and to uh, ready-to-wear that we haven't seen yet. And that's just what Vote is doing under the leadership of Leanne Maley Hilgart, who is a visionary. Absolutely. And even the name. Like, So you, the listeners are probably hearing V-O-T-E, which is how she kind of wants you to hear it because she wants you to use your dollars to vote for a different future. But it's actually vote as in haute couture. So it's V-A-U-T-E couture. Um, and yeah, she's, she's really absolutely a leader in kind of bringing together ethics and aesthetics in this market. She started off with the winter coats and now she's just moved into ready to wear. Who else do you like? I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, who's your food delivery? portfolio? Purple Carrot? Yeah, sure. So we have Purple Carrot, which is a plant-based meal kit delivery service that's in our portfolio. 
And for those who haven't heard of it, it's kind of like a vegan blue apron. They really take um, this out-of-the-box approach that simplifies and demystifies eating a plant-based diet for people who maybe are a little bit wary to do their own meal planning themselves but want to dig in and dive in and try to do the cooking. Um, and then in addition to Purple Carrot, we have a company called Lighter. It's similar to that in that they connect people with grocery lists and recipes based on recommendations of food leaders. So it's a little bit more tailored to an individual's needs and capabilities, and that also has a um, grocery delivery component to it. And actually, since you and I last spoke, we added another company to our portfolio. Um, the name is Vitro Labs, and that's actually probably going to be rebranded because that's just how early in the stage it is. But I think this would be of interest to you in particular, uh, Kate, because it's a luxury textile company. And it's they are literally growing animal skins, such as leather, crocodile, and ostrich, in a laboratory. In fact, just the other day, I got a text message from one of their head scientists who said he was on his way to an ostrich farm to get some cells taken from a harmless biopsy from an ostrich in order to begin growing ostrich skin. So this is an incredible breakthrough that I'm really looking forward to seeing on our handbags very soon, I hope. It's so funny, because for me, that's actually where I draw the line. I think, you know, if I... I I'm not sure that I need um, what's the, what's the term that you use non non harmful um, non harmful leathers. What, what's the actual uh, term that that you use for that? Yeah, I would call it slaughter free skin. Slaughter free um, skins. Yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure yeah. that I need, uh, but need that in speaking, my life. Maybe a less a less abrasive way to put it is it's a luxury. It's just a luxury textile like any other luxury textile. Well, I just came back from um, Stockholm. H and M has the H and M Foundation has um, Global Change Awards. They they allocate a, a million euros each year for innovative textiles, and one of the winners makes this um, leather product out of um, finished wine skins. So at the end of the wine process, all of the skins that are left over can make what feasibly is this almost the exact same product as a leather, has the same durability and it has everything else. So I find myself when it comes to this, I'm, I'm much more interested in the mushroom version, the pineapple version. Like I kind of, I, I find, I don't know, it must be this kind of mental hurdle about the slaughter-free leather um, alternatives. And the same for meat. Like I just think, okay, that, that just doesn't, it feels odd for me. But what kind of market do you think is going to be interested in that? Like is that for the market that really cannot step away from from, from animal products? So I think that's a really great point that you made, and I also feel that way. Personally, of course, I don't eat animal products anymore, but there is going to be a consumer who is unwilling or perhaps unable to give up the meat or perhaps unable or unwilling to give up wearing true animal skin. And for that consumer, we want to have something for them. Now, this product is not going to be cheap. Uh, we may see it debut on an Hermes Birkin bag. I don't know, but it's going to come out with a splash at an, at an end that's far beyond my own reach and the typical uh, everyday consumer's reach. And it's really going to reach a niche audience who's looking for that next level luxury, um, who perhaps doesn't blink an eye at spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a bag and wants the next best thing. And so we really want to give that consumer something that, re that is, doesn't hurt anyone. For other individuals, such as yourself or myself, perhaps we're ready to just kind of 
give that up altogether for a plant-based alternative, which I do. I am fascinated by piña text, and I think mushroom-based uh, leather and other textiles is fantastic, and I, I look forward to um, feeling it, actually. I haven't felt it yet. Yeah, and seeing the longevity um, perspectives. Okay, we need to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls. But here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine? And how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese-American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese-American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese-American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. What better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Okay, and we're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and I'm your host, Kate Black. And today I'm talking to impact investor Liz D. of Belen and Bjorn Capital. So, Liz, just before the break, we were talking about um, some of the companies in your portfolio. How do you find them, or how do they find you? So we are part of an international network of mission-driven investors who are also interested in reducing harm to animals, and we share deal flow. So while we have a website and um, you know plenty of ways to get in touch with us, we also have the opportunity to hear about companies through our fellow investors who are also also interested in the same mission that we are, and that saves us a lot of time and also allows us to share due diligence, which is a strenuous process. Um, particularly when you're saying no a lot more than you're saying yes. Um, so, yes, they do come to us, and sometimes it's just through relationships that we meet people, um, but also we find them through this syndicate, and uh, it's a really wonderful thing. I feel very lucky to be a part of it. And I want to I ask you a tough question, and not because um, it's tough, but more because I'm curious. And, and I know a lot, of, a lot of brands and a lot of people kind of feel like when they step out onto a ledge, you know, they've, they've already kind of made that commitment. So the fact that you um, are active um, and, and doing this kind of activism through, through impact investment, investing is enough. But I'm also curious if what you think about divesting. And so if you've also divested for impact, and if that's been part of your strategy, or if that's part of your future strategy. And I'm talking like from fossil fuel or any of the big banks involved in Dakota Access Pipeline or or any kind of divesting. I think divesting is really important. It's definitely something that is kind of the, it's the, really the root of a vegan lifestyle, which is boycotting products made in a way that you don't agree with. Uh, and when it comes to other companies and banks, um, that's something that I would definitely like to learn more about. Um, and in terms of publicly traded companies, there are ways to invest that do not uh, support businesses and that are doing the worst of the worst. And I think that that's something that all of us, myself included, should give some serious consideration to when you know we're in, we're investing in public markets. 
Um, I definitely am a think locally, uh, think globally, act locally uh, person. Also think locally as well. But, um, you know, one of the things that we did here at Smarties Candy Company is we put solar panels on the roof and that allowed us to offset uh, half of our energy usage. So there are always opportunities with everything that we do to see how we can do them better. And it's an ongoing evolution that keeps life really interesting. That's amazing. And actually, I'm really glad that I answered the question because the fact that you that you phrase it, that vegans are divesting from the agricultural um, industry as a, as a whole is kind of a very, very kind of um, thoughtful way to think about it. So I appreciate um, that. And so what 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 do you think are the challenges that vegan brands are facing over more conventional brands? Maybe the just the biggest one. Oh, go ahead, please. No. no, just the biggest ones. Yeah, sure. So there's always the need to have, let's talk about food, for instance, price, taste, and convenience down. And it's that way for any food company, and that's always going to be a challenge because you are competing on all these different levels. And, you know, I think that the same challenges for any other brand apply to vegan brands. Um, And then there's the unique positioning of certain products that may require a little bit of education to them in terms of the end consumer might not, not, not know how to use or cook a particular, say, veggie burger, which is why I think it's so important that um, traditional, uh, excuse me, that the products made by these companies can be swapped out one for one or as close as one for one to the products that they're replacing. And I think that's really the key to success so that the consumer doesn't need to read an instruction manual on how to eat their yogurt. They know that they do it the same way they did it with the other one. It just so happens that this is coconut based or what have you. It's true. I remember I became veg- vegetarian kind of for the same reason. I started to do some research and I read a really horrific book about the um, agri-farming industry back in the 90s. Um, and, and making swaps at that time was, was much more of a challenge than I think it is now. Because you've just so recently gone through it, what, if, what was, name something um, personally that was like your hardest swap. It could be from your makeup kit. It could be something that you were wearing. It could be something that you were eating. What, what, what kind of gave you the, the, the longest challenge to find a good replacement? Hmm. So I might rephrase that because I did have some challenges, but it wasn't about the swapping so much as reimagining what my meal looked like. So I found swaps for everything I was looking for once I did a little digging. You know, the internet is an amazing thing, and I don't know what we did without it. And also, going vegan in 2011 is nothing like going vegetarian in the 90s. I mean, we have so many products now that it makes it pretty easy. But what was hard for me was when I was cooking at home, and 5 o'clock rolls around, and I'm beginning to get hungry, and I've got a lot of food in my fridge, but I'm not quite sure what that meal looks like. You know, before it was really easy. I had the meat, and I had the grain, and I had the vegetable. And now, what does that look like? Is it always a bean, a grain, and a vegetable? I'm not sure. So we used to make the same three dishes over and over again until we really began expanding our repertoire and truly cooking new dishes that we'd never cooked before. And a friend of mine um, mentioned, said it in a different way, which I thought was really useful. It's like you, you don't wake up one day and know how to cook Indian food if you've never learned, if you've never been taught. 
And it is kind of a different preparation or different way of thinking about your food. So it takes some education. It takes some learning, um, which is something that I love, but also poses a challenge when you're hungry at 5 o'clock at night. It's true. And that's why I love these kind of these mirrored companies like Purple Carrot, back to um, one of your portfolio um, brands, because they they put it together just like Blue Apron. So if you were really thinking, okay, I'm going to go meatless, forget just Monday, I'm going to do a whole week of meatless meals. Now you have this support. Or if you're like, okay, you know what, I'm going to start wearing, you know, 80% of my wardrobe is going to be animal free. And then you can go to Leanne's shop and, and kind of just see what, what's available and, and how easy it would be to kind of reframe it in, in this new um, context that would match your ethics. So yes, I, I, you're so right, Kate. And I love that you put it like that because I hate to let perfect be the enemy of the good. Some people think, oh, veganism's are, it, veganism is extreme. It's all or nothing. But it's really not. Every step that each of us take in a compassionate direction makes a difference. It makes a difference to those animals that you left off your plate or off your feet. So rather than focusing on some sort of false idea of perfection, because who's perfect? Nobody. Feeling good about those individual choices is what's important. And knowing that every step you're making in a compassionate direction is a meaningful one. And yes, it's true. Purple Carrot definitely solves a problem that I had, and I would have loved it if they were in existence in 2011. Well, and yeah, and that's true. And I think that, um, and that's why I love having guests like you on the show, because I think that people want to make change in their life. I think they're interested in it, but I think that they feel like it, they have to dive right into the deep end as opposed to like hearing some practical solutions and some, you know, even people like you who've cha- had challenges of, you know, what to put together for a meal out of your fridge. And, and so I think that I, I really want people to understand that you can move towards your values and move towards your ethics. And it's not... It's not everything. It's just another day to start a new way of thinking. Okay, Absolutely. so I'm starting this season. We're going to do three quick questions at the end of each show. So um, my first quick question for you, if your life had a motto, what would it be? My life motto would be contribute to the world, be bold, and be kind. Ooh, I like that. Okay. And who or what inspires you? I am inspired constantly. Anyone who chooses kindness when it would be easier to be cruel or unfeeling inspires me. It's easy to do the right thing when everyone is watching, and it's the people who do the right thing when no one is watching who inspire me the most, because that is true integrity. Oh, I like that too. Do you think it's a challenge for people to be kind? Do you think it's actually something that that some people struggle with? I think that it is sometimes easier to be unfeeling than to allow oneself to consider the end result of their immediate action. That's That's easy now, but hard on the impacted, those impacted that you don't see. That's true. Thoughtless. That's true. That's probably a better way to think about it. Um, Thoughtlessness is a very easy thing to, to do. Um, And then the last of my three quick questions, what's next on your bucket list? What are you working towards? Yeah, so right now, we are hoping to have the greatest impact at alleviating as much suffering as possible. And to do so, we're really honing in on the fish and aquatic animal products industries. We would love to invest in a company that is nailing plant-based fish products. And I think that's, you know, pretty obvious why. The way we fish is totally devastating to the environment. Um, For every one pound of fish, there's five pounds of fish caught and discarded and killed. Um, and so we're killing ocean life in cruel, in cruel ways and also at an unsustainable rate. 
Um, as you probably know, scientists are predicting that no more fish will be in the sea by around 2050, and I am an avid snorkeler, and that absolutely breaks my heart for my fish friends. So we're really hoping to invest in the companies who are going to create the products that will allow for fish to continue to thrive in the sea. Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps about that. That's so revolutionary. I can't even actually wrap my head around it. Plant-based fish products. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. And then how can the listeners who now have gotten excited about you and Belen and Bjorn Capital, how can they follow you and and your projects? Absolutely. I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TheLizD, T-H-E-L-I-Z-D-E-E. And people are welcome to go to the Belen Bjorn Capital website, which is BelenBjornCapital.com. It's a little tricky spelling, so I'm going to say it quickly. B-A-L-E-I-N-E-B-J-O-R-N capital.com. And Belen is the French for whale. That's right. That's where people who... And Bjorn, and Bjorn is Norwegian for, uh, for bear, and my husband is Norwegian. Oh, I love it. So it's really whale and bear capital? That's right. Oh my gosh, that's great. So I'm <laughs> so grateful, Liz, that you could join me today. Thank you so much. To my listeners. It's such a pleasure, Kate. Thank you. Um, thank you to everybody for tuning in to the Heritage Radio Network. You can also find and subscribe to Magnifico Radio on iTunes or in Stitcher. And if you like what you hear, kindly give us a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and also a rating. It helps us rank higher amongst conventional fashion podcasts and to push these conversations forward. Have a question, want to be a sponsor or recommend a guest? You can email me at radio at Magnifico. And remember, it's magnifico.com. And want to learn more about vegan fashion and beauty brands and hundreds of other stories? Go to Magnifico.com. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.